Hey everyone, I've got a brand new RSS feed for you. You can find it over at runjumpstomp.com slash shows. It is the new podcast called 143 Pixels. I really hope that you'll check it out. I'm not going to do this every week. I'm just, I'm trying to make sure that as many people get a chance to hear this show as possible. And if you've already heard it because you've already subscribed to to the other show, thank you very much for doing so. Uh, if you haven't, then maybe this uh, episode will say, oh man, this is pretty good. I think I am going to subscribe to 143 because uh, I'm really proud of it and uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. So without any further ado, here is the very first episode of 143 Pixels with Lloyd Hannison and we're going to talk all about Skyrim. Hey everyone, welcome to 143 Pixels. I'm Bill and we are here to talk about games we love. Each episode, I bring a friend, that friend brings a game. This week, my friend is Lloyd Hannison and the game he brought is Skyrim. Let's talk a little bit about who Lloyd is and why uh, why I chose him to come on the show. Lloyd is a friend of mine and for, for those of you that don't know, he's also my co-host on StadiaCast, but I actually met Lloyd through podcasting. Um, We both host Nintendo shows. I host a show called Nintendo Switchcraft and Lloyd hosts a show called Nintendo Pulse that is the longest running Nintendo podcast as far as I know. And uh, I don't even really remember how we ended up meeting, but at some point we were in a chat together and Lloyd said, hey man, you want to come on Nintendo Pulse? Uh, and talk Nintendo stuff with Steven and I. And I said, absolutely, because I'd li- I've been listening to that show for a long time before I started my show. And I said, absolutely, let's do this. So uh, they had me on, and Lloyd and I have just been friends ever since. He's a, he's a really, really nice guy. He's super uh, polite, which shouldn't surprise anybody because he's Canadian, and we always we always ha- tend to joke about the, uh, the, the fact that they've got weird money up there and and, uh, you know, he loves hockey and he's trapped indoors all the time. But but Lloyd is just an awesome dude. He is a lifelong gamer. He's also a podcaster, like I said. He is the founder of the Res TV Podcast Network. Like I said, he is my co-host on StadiaCast. And he is also a huge fan of the Winnipeg Jets, which until recording this episode with him, I thought was a Canadian football team. Turns out they're a hockey team that I had no idea about, but that's okay. If you want to know more about Lloyd, you can easily find him on Twitter at D-A-S-M-E. That's Dazme, as in like, hey, Dazme. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Dazme, or you can follow him on Twitch at twitch.tv slash TV. And uh, make sure that you check them out. Uh, So now that you know more about my guest, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about Skyrim. But first, we got to pay the bills. You should have acted. They're already here. The Elder Scrolls told of their return. Their defeat was merely a delay. To the time after Oblivion opened. When the sons of Skyrim would spill their own blood. Uh, 
no one wanted to believe them. Believe they even existed. And when the truth finally dawns, it dawns in fire. But there's one they fear. In their tongue, he is Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. I hate to cut off that music. It's so damn good. But the show must go on. We've got to talk about Skyrim. Skyrim is a Western RPG. It was developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It was directed by Todd Howard, who's basically the face of Bethesda. Uh, and it was the, the music was composed by Jeremy Soleil. Hopefully I said his name right. I'm not sure. Uh, the game was released... On November 11th, 2011, check that out, 11-11-11. It was released on that crazy day, and that's back in the day of the Xbox 360 and the PS3, and that's where I played it for the first time, was on the Xbox 360. Uh, The reception, this game has, it's one of the best received games of all time. There were so many reviews that lauded the removal of the character class system, because the, the, it, this is not the first game in the series. This is the fifth game in the series. And up until now, these games all had character classes. So at the beginning, you would say, okay, I want to be a knight, or I want to be a sorcerer, or I want to be a priest, or whatever it is that you would choose. And in Skyrim, you didn't have to make that decision. Instead, you just chose the skills that you wanted to use when you wanted to use them. And as you use them, you got better at them, which is really, really cool. Uh, so there were a lot of reviews that said removing that character class system and giving the player the ability to literally make the exact character they wanted was probably the most influential thing. I don't think influential is the right word. It was the most key thing to making this game as widely uh, celebrated as it is. It received PC Game of the Year from IGN and GameSpot. It received RPG of the Year from IGN, X-Play, GameSpot, and GameSpy. And it received Game of the Year from Spike TV, Machinima.com, GameSpot, OneUp.com, GameSpy, Joystick, and others. It's funny reading about these websites. This was only in 2011, and a lot of these websites, like, are they even around anymore? I don't, I, machinima.com, is that still a thing? I don't know. I, have, I haven't heard of from that in a very, very long time. I don't think I've heard from oneup.com or GameSpy in a very long time either. And 2011 wasn't that long ago. Anyway, I digress. Uh, let's talk about sales real quick. On the first day of release, Steam showed over 230,000 people were playing Skyrim concurrently. That means that they were all playing at the same time. That doesn't mean that they sold 230,000 copies. That means that they had 230,000 people all playing that game at once. So that means they sold way more copies than that. Within two days of launch, over 3 million, 3 million physical copies. Those are just the ones on the box. That's not the ones that Steam sold. 3 million physical boxed copies went off of store shelves in just two days. That's really crazy. In the first week, 
one week, Bethesda reported 7 million copies shipped worldwide. Now, just to be fair, just to make sure everybody's on the same page, that's shipped, not necessarily sold. So that means that they shipped it to some store and it was on a shelf. Were there some of those copies that stayed on the shelves? I'm sure that there were. But a vast majority of those sold because Skyrim was an insanely popular game. And just to bullet mark this last point, bullet point this last mark, I'm not sure how I want to say that. As of November 2016, which is the last data that I have on it, over 30 million copies of Skyrim were sold. Uh, Todd Howard, the director of the game, he says that... he thinks that the PC sales, which were insanely high, uh, were driven by the ability to modify the game through what is called the creation kit, which allowed people to make extra quests and modify the game to do new things that it couldn't do before. It allowed people to fix all the bugs that Bethesda left in. The game was really buggy, and Lloyd and I get into that in our conversation in a little bit. Uh, the setting is basically Skyrim is the fifth of the Elder Scroll games. I mean, it takes place in the same world as the rest of them, the world of Tamriel. It's a generic fantasy world reminiscent of Tolkien and Dungeons and Dragons. There's nothing groundbreaking about the world except for the fact as to how wonderfully well put together it is and how dense it is with content for the player to find. All right, before we move on, I've got some fun trivia about Skyrim that I want to share. Uh, Number one, uh, Skyrim's map is actually not the biggest one that Bethesda has ever made. Daggerfall, which is the Elder Scrolls Chapter 2, is supposed to be the biggest. This is actually all coming from thegamer.com. Uh, Winnie the Pooh's voice actor is a bunch of the plays a bunch of the characters in Skyrim. Uh, speaking of dialogue in the game, over sixty thousand lines of dialogue were recorded uh, based on Skyrim or, or in Skyrim, and it's it's just absolutely bananas the detail that they've gone to 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 do in this game the dragon language that you learn to speak as a dragonborn character that is the letters in that language are designed to be written with claws which is really interesting i I just i there's there's so much really really cool stuff that i i just i love learning this stuff uh, about um, about a game that is not really important to uh, how's the, how do I want to phrase it? It's, it's not really important to playing the game, but it's it just makes it a little more interesting. Uh, in fact, check this out: the game features a choose-your-own-adventure storybook, and that's just a couple of interesting facts about Skyrim. All right. So b- before we get into this, uh, Lloyd and I have a really good discussion about Skyrim. It's pretty spoiler-free. I, I wouldn't worry too much about being spoiled on the, ga- on the game. Uh, before we get to that, though, here comes the intro to Skyrim. So thank you for listening to this episode of 143 Pixels. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, you. You're finally awake. You were trying to cross the border, right? Walked right into that Imperial ambush, same as us. 
And that thief over there. Damn you Stormcloaks. Skyrim was fine until you came along. Empire was nice and lazy. If they hadn't been looking for you, could have stolen that horse and been halfway to Hammerfell. You there, you and me, we shouldn't be here. It's the Stormcloaks the Empire wants. We're all brothers and sisters in vines now, thief. Shut up back there. What's wrong with him, huh? Watch your tongue. You're speaking to Ulfric Stormcloak, the true High King. Ulfric? The Jarl of Windhelm? You're the leader of the Rebellion. But if they captured you... Oh, gods. Where are they taking us? Go to Arizona. I was a sad little man. And uh, then they came back like seven years ago. And I've been, I don't know, a huge fan ever since, man. I mean, I, I'm a hockey fan. So having a local team to uh, to root for and support is uh, is huge. Awesome. So uh, I was very confused because <laughs> I thought that the Winnipeg Jets was a football team, like Canadian Football League. Uh, no, that's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Is CFL. Oh, okay. All right. So I was, So when you were like, they went to Arizona, I was like, Really? I would have known about that. So Canadian yeah. football team in uh, in the U.S. That'd be weird. Yeah, that happened for a while. The CFL expanded to the U.S. for a couple of years, and it was an, just an absolute failure. And then uh, they they dissolved those teams. I, I heard a weird rumor that they were talking about, like, because your 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 football fields are only eighty yards, and ours are a hundred yards, and they're ours are a hundred and ten yards. Oh, okay. So ours are the smaller ones. That's okay. Right. So I heard a rumor that you guys were going to shrink yours so that you could be included in the NFL or something. Like I heard, mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought Never. it was really weird. Never. Yeah, it's funny. Canada's invented all the sports. We invented hockey. We invented football. We we didn't invent baseball, but we invented basketball. And then you did not invent all... basketball. That was the Mayans, you weirdo. We invented the throwing a ball into a basket on a hoop, or a basket <laughs> hoop on a pole. Yeah, you know why? Because you guys are trapped indoors all the time. <laughs> well, listen, yeah. speaking of people who are trapped indoors all the time, let's talk about Skyrim. Let's do it. Oh my goodness, Skyrim. So, uh, my I guess my my first question to you. Sure. is why did you pick Skyrim to be the game that you talk about on 143? Well, uh, Skyrim is the game that isn't on every platform, and this is a new platform that doesn't have Skyrim on it, so I thought it was only fitting that we put Skyrim <laughs> on this new platform. That's right. Skyrim <laughs> coming to 143. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, we... Uh, we, we uh, We've been playing a lot of Skyrim in this house over the last little bit. My my daughter started playing it. My son's been playing it forever. I, I've played it on everything that it's been on. Um, and it's right up there in my top three, top five games of all time. I just absolutely love... I love the franchise. I love the Elder School franchise. But there was just something something special about Skyrim. And there was, um, there was reasons as to why um, I, I played so much of it um, back in the day. Yeah, so... All right. Uh, you, you, we, you hit a couple of things there. You said you played it on a whole bunch of platforms, right? So did mm -hmm. you end up getting it? How many times have you bought this game? That's, that's, I guess, what my question is. All right. Well, I bought it on PlayStation 3. I bought it on PlayStation 4. I bought it on PC, on Steam. I bought it on PlayStation VR. And I got a review copy on the Switch, but I would have bought it on the Switch if I didn't get a review copy of that game. Wow. Five, 
five times that you have bought Skyrim. Now, if, if for those of you, I mean, I'm sure that I talked about it in your intro that you didn't get to hear because I haven't recorded it yet. Um, but I'm sure that at some point I'll, I will mention that you are my co-host on Stadia Cast, and if Skyrim comes to Stadia, Lloyd, yep. here, here's the question for you: Are you going to buy it again? Uh, I, I should have a sound effect of me throwing my wallet at my screen right now, and the thought of buying Skyrim again on another platform to play. <laughs> um, I, I will probably buy it on Stadia just so that I can have my Skyrim save with my mods if they have mod support. Um, on any platform that I own, any any computer that I own, and hopefully oh. down the road, any browser, any tablet, any anything, um, I'll be able to jump right in and play one of my favorite characters that I've created on on that game or whatever, whatever happens down the road um, through Stadia. See, I, I've held off on buying it for the Nintendo Switch, uh, not because mm. I... Not not because I don't love the game, but I've already bought it twice. I'm not I'm not a five time dude like you, but uh, <laughs> I, I bought it twice, and I know that if I buy it again, I'm going to get sucked in because it's just such a wonderful experience. Uh, and and I fear what will happen if I buy it again, and I won't have time to record podcasts or do anything other than play Skyrim. What what yeah. is it that you what do you think? Well, actually, before we get to what you think makes it so damn uh, enthralling, um, mm-hmm. can we take a second and talk about that intro? The 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 meme generator that is the intro now, but before it was the meme, uh, the intro. You can you talk about that a little bit? So the intro to the game where you're you're basically on a uh, you're on a horse cart and uh, you're talking to. You're talking to criminals and you find out you're a criminal and you're looking around and uh, the the FOV is a little weird when you're sitting on that. So when you're looking left to right, you're seeing more of the scene than you probably should have. And uh, you get so you get the the really good examples of the um, just weird voice acting that happens in the game. Um, and then, yeah, you you stop. Um, you, you, you find you find out that you're being tried for um for essentially murder i and, i would uh, say that using the word tried is being very generous <laughs> yeah it's like you did this you're guilty put your head on this on this uh <laughs> chunk of wood we're gonna chop your head off um and then yeah and then then all all crap hits the fan and a dragon attacks and uh the place blows up and and you get within like the first 10 minutes of the game you get you you get face to face with this huge flying fire breathing beast. Uh, And it was just such a really, really cool moment, especially in PlayStation VR when this dragon is actually towering over you when you're in there in, in, in first person mode. And it's uh, there's, there's just something about that setting in that world that, that, um, that I love. Yeah. I, I get, I get what you're saying. That, that intro to me, like I found it to be very interesting. The guy was like, uh, "This is the real criminal. Uh, we we just got caught by you know n- we happen to be near these guys that happen to be like really like high up um, rabble rousers." And <laughs> then they find he finds out who it is, and he's like, "Oh my god, where are they taking us?" And sure enough, it's to be beheaded. And mm-hmm. then that like the dragon attacks, and you get away, and you run into like. Uh, in in the interior of this castle area, mm-hmm. and the, like the dragon is is causing all kinds of of uh, trouble on the outside, and you keep catching glimpses of it, 
on, uh, on your way through. And it is just sure. so intense and amazing. Yep. I just, I love that intro to that game. What yeah. do you yeah, think? Even, Go ahead. I was going to say, even on, even on low, lower powered systems like the PlayStation 3 that I first played it on, it, it was just fantastic looking. And then you play it again on Steam at like 1080p, like super high res textures. And it's like, holy crap, this game looks, looks fantastic. Yeah, just hearing you that 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 one point that you just said a minute ago, uh, where when you played it in PSVR and the and the dragon towers over you, mm-hmm. that makes me want to buy a PSVR because I still don't have one. Uh, I kind of <laughs> want one, but I'm like, ah, I'll wait for next generation. But hearing you say that, it's okay. I don't have to worry because Skyrim will come to the PS5 VR or the Xbox Scarlet <laughs> VR or the Stadia sure. VR or the mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch VR. It's going to be there eventually anyway. So uh, we're going to be okay, right, Lloyd? I think so. I think you'll you'll have plenty uh plenty of times to rebuy Skyrim build. That's <laughs> the one thing in life is death, taxes and new versions of Skyrim that you can buy. Without a doubt. Uh, did you ever see that um that that joke? I think it it might have been on set. No, it was a uh, key and peel where they had like the Skyrim for Google homes or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And you could actually download it uh, on, it was a, it was a, the Amazon one whose, oh, whose yeah, code yeah. name I won't say out loud because I'm going to set them off all over the world. <laughs> and you could actually play Skyrim on your, your, your a bot box. And, uh, you could, you could take an arrow in the knee and you could eat lots of, of, um, of wheels of cheese and do all that through your voice. It was, it was pretty fantastic. Fantastic is certainly a word that somebody <laughs> might use to describe it, but I don't know about that. Uh, what do you think it is about Skyrim that is just so enthralling that that just captures people when they start playing it? Because the first time that I played it, I can understand, oh my God, this is amazing. This experience is crazy. And then, and that was on the Xbox 360. And my, uh, I ended up giving my Xbox to uh, my brother-in-law as a gift because I really wasn't playing it anymore, but I still wanted to play Skyrim. So I bought it again on PC. And when I started playing it, I was like, oh my God, I'm just sucked right back into it. It's so amazing. What do you think it is about Skyrim that captured you more than, say, Morrowind or the other Elder Scrolls games, because I do think that there's some kind of special sauce that they sprinkled on Skyrim that they didn't get on the other ones. What do you think it is? For sure. Uh, well, there's one one main reason why Skyrim, um, I played a lot of Skyrim at, at a point, but we'll, we'll come back to that later if you want. Um, but I think the, the reason why Skyrim is so popular or or just so enthralling to people that play it is it's a large open world RPG. Not that it's the first one that's ever existed, um, but a lot of other ones they're very handholdy. They're very guided. Um, I played a lot of Oblivion as well, and Oblivion you you basically you're guided along a path. You can you can diverge from that path. You can go do other things, but you're you're sort of not really locked in, but you're really forced or you're handheld or you have someone's hand behind your back, kind of ushering you down the path uh, to beat that game. But in Skyrim, there there is literally a, a 400, 500 hours worth of content in the game. And I would say maybe a fraction of a percentage of people have seen half of that uh, because there's just so much to do in the game. And there's it's a little bit overwhelming to some people, but it's also freeing. At least to me, it was very freeing because if I wanted to play the game and today I felt like 
I'm going to do the Thieves Guild quests. And I went and, and joined the Thieves Guild and did all those quests. And it's like, I'm going to walk to this part of the map and just see what what garbage I can drum up and what fights I can get into. Um, because there's so many different buildings and and keeps and and uh, I don't know hunting hunting villages and and just all these just amazing things. Um, I can remember at one point I was just running through the environment and all of a sudden I see this ghost riding a horse and I'm like holy crap there's a ghost on a horse riding so I'm running after him I don't have a horse I'm running I'm using all my stamina. To, to keep up with him and then I stop and my stamina rebuilds and I'm going I'm going through all my stamina potions and then I get to another part of the map that I've never been to and this ghost horse kind of just walks in to kind of a graveyard setting and just kind of like dissipates and then that started another quest line it wasn't a huge quest line uh it was just a small number of quests that I could do to figure out who this person was but for me to see that I had to be in the right place at the right time because there's a time of day, there's a calendar where it only happens on a certain part of the uh, a certain part of the, the the month or whatever they call it in the game. Um, and I had to just be there at the right time to see this thing happen. And and it's little little things like that to me that that just uh, I, if I had to guess makes Skyrim that. Um, I don't know, exciting and, and enthralling to people because there's all these weird events. Like you could be fighting a an ogre or one of those big giant guys and he hits you with his hammer and you die. But yeah. you just don't die. You fly about 700 feet in the air spinning and you see the world just shrink below you. And it's like, okay, that's a pretty impressive death. And there's not a lot of games out there where that was something that could happen. All these weird glitchy, physicy things uh, because of the the crazy engines that Bethesda uses. You know, there's there's the way that you were speaking a minute ago that does not apply to every game. And I think it's mm. very difficult for uh, developers to hook into whatever it is that makes people speak this way about a game. And that is in the first person. Uh, when I talk about playing... I don't know, uh, Mario Kart or something. I don't say about, I don't talk about me. Mm -hmm. You know, I might talk about the race, but I don't talk about me. Yeah. When you were just talking about Skyrim and you're, and, and I did this, I would do the same thing. You were talking about you as Lloyd, not your character. And I, and they, they gave you a blank enough slate that, you felt like, at least it seems like, you felt like this was something that you were doing. Not that you're like a crazy person and you think that it's real, but right. it, it felt like like this is a memory that feels almost real to you. Is that makes mm -hmm. does that land totally. with you? Yeah, totally. I, I I do feel that good role playing games have that where you can take on the the aspects of the character that you want to project or or your character traits can show show up in that character. And nothing nothing like spoke louder to me uh, uh, from that point as to when I jumped into PlayStation VR and I walked to the gates of 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 a a city that I've been in for probably a hundred hours of real time because I spent so much time there and you're standing at the gates and it's like, holy crap, I've run through these gates a thousand times, but the gates are now 30 feet in the air and you're looking up and it's like, holy crap. And then you open up and it's like, that's my house. That's the house I buy in every game. And I store all my crap in <laughs> and you, you walk up to it and you're looking at the house and it's all, 
it's all in normal scale to who you are as a person. It's not a video game scale. It's I'm in this world. And I, I just really loved it. <laughs> and it's like, holy crap, I'm in Skyrim. I've played a thousand hours of this game and now I'm in the world. And it was, uh, it was a really cool experience, um, be able to go through that. Um, I didn't play too much in PlayStation VR. Um, but I, it was, it was really great trying to visit some of my favorite areas um, with low level characters and getting destroyed. Um, but just going to places that I've loved in the game from playing it so many times. Why, why do you think you didn't play it too much in VR? Um, I, to me, VR is a big time commitment because you're setting it up, you're putting on the helmet, you're there, you're isolated. Um, and just lately with all the podcasts I do and all the other things, it just was not something that I had a lot of time to do. Um, it's always a game that it's sitting on my PlayStation 4 right now waiting to be replayed or reading, waiting for me to jump back into it. Um, because I do think I'm going to want to at least beat the main storyline uh, in VR. I just haven't had too much of a chance to get much more than like 20 hours into it or 15 hours into it, which is a, a lot of time. Mm -hmm. uh, but but to beat the main story, it's like 40, 50 hours if you're just mainlining it from start to finish. Um, so I haven't gone that far. And mainly it's just the, the time commitment of isolating myself in VR to uh, to get into this video game. I personally could tell you almost nothing about the main story of Skyrim because <laughs> uh, you, you know how I am. Like, shiny things distract yeah. me. And the compass that they have in that game, it's just so brilliant. As you're moving, like, th things will pop up on the compass and you're like, oh, there's a little house nearby. I'm, and you might not see it because there's trees in the way or something. Uh, right. But you'll be like, there's a little house nearby. I'm going to go check out that house. And you start heading that direction. And sure, I was going over here to go do this quest that somebody had given me. Uh, but then I found this house and I end up in the house. And while I'm in the house, I open up a book on the bookshelf and it's telling me about this family who doesn't have any food. And uh, it turns out that they were hearing some weird noises in the in their basement. So I go down into the basement and it opens up into this cave and there's all these monsters in this cave underneath this house. And you're like, what happened to the family? I have to find <laughs> out. And then, you know, you go through the whole cave and maybe you find the family and maybe you don't. But then you come out some other cave and yep. and, and standing outside of there is some other quest. And you're like, OK, well, I'm going to talk to this guy. And he says something so interesting and so compelling that you forget about that family who was running out of food and who had gone into the cave to investigate. And now you're off on some other thing. And I just, for me, it was just that, that exact thing happening over and over and over. There would be something so compelling that it would yep. distract me from the previously super compelling thing. And so I never got anything done, but my God, did I have fun while I was doing it. <laughs> Uh, you yeah. said that you finished the game. How many, you bought it five times. How many times did you finish it? The, um, the, the main story. Oh, I finished it multiple times on multiple consoles. I have the platinum on PlayStation three and the platinum on PS four. So I've gotten all the trophies twice. Um, I've beaten it on PC a number of times. Um, I beat it on switch, um, because I did that for my review. Um, so yeah, I've beaten it many times, but I've also started probably hundreds of other games and only gotten to a certain point or tried different character types, like a dual wielding mage or something, um, that's also a cat. 
It's like, I'm going to be a Khajiit mage because flame and fur, that seems like a really smart thing. <laughs> um, or I'll go through the game as as a as a fighter, so I only use fists uh, and stuff like that. It's just um, one of those games where I can jump in, play for a couple hours, and then just scrap that character and not really feel too bad about it. Um, it's just a, it's a fun little world to play in. Do, do you feel like you tend to, in Skyrim or in the Elder Scrolls games in particular, do you tend to gravitate towards a certain archetype like, cause I know that yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I hate playing a role-playing game and coming upon a chest or a door I can't open. So I'm always the thief guy that, that trains up his lock picking like crazy because I want to go everywhere in the game. Um, and then I usually play a more stealthy character just so that I don't have to sit there and just like wail at a guy with a sword for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, so I play just like I said on Stadia cast, I play the sneaky thief. I play the, the stealthy, uh, bow using thief character. And that's usually what my main characters are. That's how I beat it on PlayStation three, PlayStation four, switch PC. When I went through my first, um, my first playthrough. Um, but I, the, the beautiful thing about Skyrim is there's no max level. You can level as high as you want to go. You can have every skill in the game at master level or a hundred. You can have, um, you, you can then prestige it and then you can level again. So your character level could be 20 when you beat the game or it could be 120 when you beat the game and you can really make the, the, the game really what you want. Um, so I've played through with really only using a few skills, but I've also played through and beat the game with every single skill maxed um, just because it's a different challenge, making my own personal challenges as I go through the game. Wow. Uh, for myself... I always try to make anything but, as we call it, the dirty sneaky thief. Mm, and I always yeah. end up, you know, at some point I'll get a bow and I'll be like, well, yeah. this is the easiest way to kill people. Because I can. This is the best I, bow I've ever seen. I'm I know. Use this now. <laughs> and I can stand like really far away and headshot yeah. people and then they're dead before I even get there and they don't alert yeah. anybody because they died instantaneously. Sure. Uh, and then if I try and walk in there. You know, uh, I'll be like, this time I'm going to be a heavy plate wearing sword and board dude. And I get in there. Inevitably, it it's the game is just harder. Uh, <laughs> do you think that that's a problem with the overall design of the game or or am I just, you know, trying to create problems? Yeah, I don't think so, because the game gives you the flexibility to take um, to, to take whatever path you want to. Um, you can be the big sword and board, uh, huge barbarian character, and then you come to uh, a barrow that has a bunch of draugers in it that use magic and, and use their dragon shouts at you. So that's when you stay in the shadows and, and stand back and, and fire your, your bow because you can carry um, like just a, a ridiculous amount of stuff when you're playing this game. So you can always keep a bow with you and some arrows um, for those particular fights. Or you can run in with... Uh, with poison put some poison on your sword uh you can you can use magic like there's so many different ways to um to, to beat every scenario there's no right way uh the only right way is did you win yep okay you did it the right way um because there's just a million different things that you can do and and everything plays out differently because there are a lot of physics involved in things so you can um you can knock stuff over which alerts guys and makes them run to a different area and then you're like oh well they're standing in some flammable uh liquid now okay <laughs> here i go you fire your, your your mage hand and and fire some flames down and and they're mostly dead before they even like 
get to you because of because uh, of all the fire damage they've taken. Um, it's just a, it's a game that rewards creativity and um, exploration and and learning new things and trying new things. Um, I think to me that's that's why I've had so much fun with it over um, I don't know four or five different consoles and multiple console generations. Did did you did you primarily play in first person or third person mode? first person only i i can't i can't handle the third person in this game for whatever reason i was actually watching my daughter play uh, the other day and she's a third person uh player and i'm like oh, can you just put in a first person like just for five <laughs> minutes while i'm watching uh, i don't know something about the engine just i i don't know the i think the aspect ratio or the uh the, the field of view is just off a little bit um mm. so i just i find it i don't know i find it odd uh watching uh, people play in third person but uh yeah mostly first person for me what was your favorite quest line in the game? Uh, good question. I I loved the thieves guild quest line, but the uh, the but the uh, the murderers guild was kind of yeah. the best thing. As you get like the really creepy thing, and I'm not going to spoil any of it because if you haven't played it, and and this game or this podcast convinced you to try Skyrim, you got to do the murderers guild um, stuff. The uh, you, you get a letter with a with a black hand on it and then you start that quest and uh next thing you know you're in a very dark place with a very creepy thing and i just remember getting chills down my spine and wanting to beat that and just see where it went um yeah that that, that was really good and then i don't know like all the guild quests are really good like the mage guild and and all that stuff they, they all have aspects that are fun but yeah the uh, uh the dark brotherhood was just just so fantastic I absolutely agree. The Dark Brotherhood has got to be my favorite. The, the, that moment where the dude is there and you're like, oh, whoa, this is very unexpected. I love the way that the game was able to surprise me, especially exactly. after having played it for so long, because I, I dumped a lot of hours into that game. And uh, I, I just, I, I don't know, Skyrim, there's something special about Skyrim. And do you think they're going to be able to catch that magic again when Elder Scrolls Six comes out? I I hope so. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Um, they 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 took Fallout Four. Um, they tried to make it modular and and a crafting system, and then they brought out Fallout Seventy Six, and it's like okay, they're they're trending in the wrong direction. And then they announced that the next Elder Scrolls is going to be a single player, primarily single player game. And it's like, okay, well, maybe maybe they saw what happened and they, they've seen their mistakes. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, for me, like Skyrim got me through like a really tough time. Like my my dad passed away just after the release. So I bought Skyrim and I didn't play it because I was at the hospital and doing all the stuff. And then he passed away. And then we had funerals and and all the the stuff the garbage that comes around with mm -hmm. someone dying and I didn't realize but I I went into like a deep depression and I had no idea because when that happens to you you don't really notice it um, but I, what I found is coming home from work or whatever and sitting there and and playing four or five hours of Skyrim and just not thinking about the real world um, and just thinking about the game was kind of how I was able to process what happened and, and basically disconnect my brain for long enough to, um, to realize what I was going through and what my body was doing and what my brain was telling me. Um, and if I didn't have a game like Skyrim, I don't know what I would have done like that playing through the game and, and having that disconnect for as long, uh, as I did every day, um, definitely helped me get through it and process it. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man, I, for me, uh, that was kind of the right place at the right time for this game to come out. Uh, that, not to say that. 
Go ahead. Not to say that other games won't be as impactful, but be able to have a game like this to kind of rely on as kind of like a crutch was uh, was really good for me. Um, so that's probably why I've played it on five different consoles for a thousand plus hours, um, just because it, it did have um, such a, I don't know, a healing factor for me to get through some really difficult personal stuff. So when you when you play it again, you know, mm -hmm. does it ever bring back that uh, like the bad stuff with the good? You would think it would. Uh, you would think that I'd be thinking about like, oh, yeah, this is what I, I went through this quest line when just before I went to the funeral or stuff right. like that. But thankfully not um it to me it's it's almost like a uh, it's a warm it's a warm blanket <laughs> and i can go in and i could i could just have some fun with it and and relax with it so um, i'm thankful that it was there when i needed it uh, a game like that a really a really deep rpg to help me get through some some really bad personal stuff that was going on uh, is there anything in skyrim that that you just didn't adore that you didn't think was fantastic um, I don't know. Like you, you said, the the compass. You really like the compass. Yeah. To me, the compass uh, near the end of the game was just it was just such a grating thing because at one playthrough, I wanted to get I wanted to hit every single item on the menu or on the map rather. I wanted to have every single item that could appear on the map on the map. And you're running through, and it's like, oh, white icon, white icon, white icon gray icon oh all right and you walk to it another gray icon another gray <laughs> icon oh crap i have to do a bunch more stuff in this area um so i'm, I'm joking of course uh, just the the sheer amount of content was crazy but um like the bugs the bugs were were weird and um i i at one point was doing enchanting and i enchanted something too much and next thing you know i couldn't hold anything i, I had no carry weight just because my carry weight went into the negative somehow and i wasn't even putting carry weight on this item um so the bugs are the, the bugs are always a little bit weird um but if you do play skyrim make lots of saves because there are a lot of bugs in this game <laughs> that's a that's a really good point uh so lloyd thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to mm -hmm. me about one of your favorite games of all time i can't wait for to sure. have you on again in the future to talk about some other game uh but you are awesome sir all right. Well, thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me on. This was a fun talk to talk about a game I've played far too much and will probably still play far too much down the road. Before we go, there's a thing that I'm going to ask all of the guests to do at the end of the show. And all you got to do is say three little words. And those three little words are resolution doesn't matter. That's going to how we're going to that's how we're going to play the show out from here on out. That sounds awesome, Bill. Resolution doesn't matter. The theme song for 143 Pixels is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. You can find more of their music at tonylays.bandcamp.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find it at pixels143. And if you want to follow me, I'm at runjumpstomp. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, head on over to gstu.net.